Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as he's finished repairing his tactical dreadnought armor. This is episode 14, and tonight we'll be focusing on a campaign finale. I talk about the conclusion of the Romanov heresy, including the Final War APOC game, and Jason talks about the exciting conclusion to the Return to Colorax campaign. And we also talk about the GW 100 store celebration. We start this episode off with some hobby progress and games played, do some rules lawyering on a fan submitted question, and then we get into our uh, main topics before getting in some Age of Sigmar and Beyond the Rim. Be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. We're also on iToy Soldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong dash side dash maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. Finally, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Right now, we have a hobby challenge go on, going on that's Finish Your Army. You can sign up at iToy Soldiers or post progress to our Facebook page. And we're asking people to join us as we attempt to finish an army by the end of the summer. And we're going to have prizes in terms of uh, trophies that we're going to give out to people who have the nicest painted army and the most that they've completed. Finally, uh, Brimstone Games in Windsor has a miniatures night on Tuesday, so be sure to check that out. If you're local to Windsor, join the Greater Windsor Table Warriors over at itoysoldiers.com and come out to the regular club days to get some games in. Our home store in Toronto is the Games Workshop at Young and Lawrence, so check that out. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. Now entering the wrong side of the maelstrom with your hosts Ian Clough and Jason McKendry. All right, so we're here. What's your hobby progress, Jason? Hobby progress. We're on episode fourteen now, right? Yeah. Episode fourteen. Thirteen was interesting. Like as like unlucky thirteens gave in thirteen. Yeah, I don't know why you're saying it's unlucky. It's holy. It's holy. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're both. Now we are both, uh, well, I've always been Skaven, but yeah. you're coming to the dark side, it seems like. Yeah, the under the dark empire. side, the right side, I think. No, it's dark. It's all underground. That's so. true, yeah. <laughs> but, but we'll get to that and be on the rim. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, more Age of Sigmar stuff, so stay tuned for that later yeah. on. But uh, hobby progress, you want to start off? Yeah, sure. So I haven't done a whole lot because I've been in the process of moving and, oh, so that's my hobby progress. I moved a bunch of Warhammer from Windsor to <laughs> King. And I went over to GW with you last Saturday, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I got I was just sitting around painting, just hanging out. So I got my Centurions base coated. So we're going to be posting a picture of our hobby progress on Facebook. And so just when you see the Centurions, remember, they're, they're just base coated. They're far from finished. <laughs> that was funny. We were actually taking the photos because we're trying to up our... Or the whole production of everything mm-hmm. and nicer photos and everything trying to really because i always say like oh yeah i'll post photos on facebook i never do i'm yeah. horrible at that shit yeah better sound like quality, i, I fully admit you're the guy that takes care of all yeah. that stuff i take no credit for any of the social media things yeah well we're trying to upper game you know better photos large caliber ammunition that sort of stuff. <laughs> exactly right and yeah you were mentioning you're like man 
my models look really good until you took those photos. <laughs> well, it's just, I like, my stuff doesn't look good until it's finished. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if it's halfway through near the beginning, it just yeah. looks like garbage because I just very quickly layer a base coat on. Well, I always feel the same way. Like, I'll do, like, so. three coats on a model, and I'm like, Ugh, and then I give it a wash. I'm like, oh, that's already yeah. starting to look better. So, anyways, the new goal is to have something finished each week for Hobby Progress. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I got the Centurions base coated, and then you asked me to play as a sub in your Kill Team game. Yeah, which we'll talk about later, but the final game for the Kill Team campaign. Yeah, so you told me to have four lists, 50 points, uh, fifty point lists and 100 point lists for Blood Angels and Nids. Mm-hmm. And I needed to paint up some stuff for 100 point Nids. So sat down from the TV night before. I don't know how long I painted for, probably like close to four hours. Yeah, And I got four Termagons, a Warrior, and a Lictor, all knocked out from just prime black to finished. And yeah. now then. Like, my nids, it's a quick and dirty scheme. It's not Golden Demon standards. But not you got a lot stuff. of people complimenting it at the game. Yeah, well, like it's it, this really cool yellow and black, but the yellow is, like, not just, like, straight edge highlight. It's that, mm-hmm. that tier nid, like... Yeah. I forget. I don't know how to describe it. It's like, uh... It's a good question. Well, it's, you always told me the inspiration was from Starship Troopers. No, no, it's from... It's uh, High Fleet Dromonger. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's oh. Phil Kelly's... It still looks a lot like Starship Troopers. Well, probably, but <laughs> it's where they got their inspiration, maybe. Yeah. So I, I decided on this scheme a while back, and I haven't really redone my nids, but I have about a 1,000 points of them. Mm-hmm. So painted up some more of them in case I needed them. And the warrior turned out really well. I'm really happy with I him. I really like him. The, his back scales look awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his carapace is all feathered with the yellow over the black, and it's just like quick dry brush ash and gray, and then layer two yellows and final highlight of a, a screaming skull. Cool. And then just the tongue with two layers of blue and screaming skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what do you got on the table in front of us? So I uh, I also had to finish some stuff up for Kill Team. Mm-hmm. So we had two weeks, and I got a Demon Prince from you. Mm-hmm. That you picked up from your roommate, yeah. On uh, when you came back down, I uh, got it for pretty cheap, and it wasn't it wasn't painted at all, so I didn't have to put it in the soup or anything like that. Yeah, right? it was just primed. Yeah, um, which was a huge bonus. So I ended up and like I've talked about it before, I'm doing like a Nurgle Skaven, yeah, AOS army. So I'm just gonna paint him Nurgle, like mm-hmm. the Demon Prince that I needed for the campaign. It didn't matter what what god what it was. god it yeah. was. It was just let's paint. I just need a model on the table painted. So I ended up painting mm-hmm. him Nurgle. And uh, it was fun. It was actually the first like full model that I've painted Nurgle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, like I've painted, uh, I've done a little bit of Nurgle stuff on some of my Skaven, but not like a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. the first like full Nurgle model that I painted. It was a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun because like my Tau is ochre, my Grey Knight silver, a little bit of Black Templar. I haven't right, painted right. like green like that before, yeah. right? So it was fun to ex- uh, experiment with all these colors. Actually, you were over when I was airbrushing all the base coats on. Mm-hmm. And I actually changed my color scheme completely. Yeah, from like the base coats, like I base coated the whole model, and then I kind of hand brushed. And you, I, you were working on different uh, techniques that you hadn't done before, like dry brushing. Yeah, I normally don't stuff. do a lot of dry brushing, just on like terrain or, or bases and stuff like that. And uh, I decided, you know, what, I just need to get this model done pretty fast, mm-hmm. and I dry brushed them. I mean, okay, you can tell the difference between a nicely layered or. Uh, wet blended model versus a dry brush model, but it gets it done in tabletop, and that's all I want from my Skaven, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's good enough, and I think he still looks great. There's one thing that I wanted to do to the model that I think I can like go back and do later, mm-hmm. and that's like his sword that he's holding like above his head. It's still like the the regular pose from the Demon Prince. Well, it's right? a pretty um, 
It's a pretty complex kit. Like it's got a lot of interchangeable pieces. Yeah. Like I actually put that you, together yeah, for you my told roommate. Me you built it, yeah. So like he could be a sword, an axe, or like two big claws mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's a sword from the box. Like, yeah, there's but no. The, the kit sword bashing. is really cool because like the the hilt of the sword mm-hmm. is like the skull and like horns and everything like that. And then like, there's like the mouth, and the mouth is where the blade comes out of. And I was like, well, it's Nurgle, and the blade is all like kind of wavy. Mm-hmm. I was like, it would be so cool if it looked like the sword, the mouth was like barfing out the sword. That's so Nurgle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of achieved it a little bit. I went from more like a like a bony, fleshy with like a mm-hmm. green wash color, but uh, I could really go for more like purples and strange reds and pinks and stuff like that in True. there to make it more like barf colored. Maybe eventually I'll go back to it, but not now. I got other stuff to work on. Yeah, or if just a thought I came up with, or if you like speckled on black, so it's like flies are coming out of its Ooh, mouth. That'd be kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I worked on was I wanted to bring a something a little bit different for the final kill team game. Cause I wasn't in the top four, which we'll talk about later, but I could still bring some models to the table. Mm-hmm. And I uh, decided to bring a breacher team mm-hmm. because I have my breacher team since like before Christmas, kind of when like the breacher actually, when did the Tau stuff come out? October, I think around there. So I yeah, got a it was Tau-tober. Team. Yeah, that's right. So I, I got a breacher team at that point and it's just been sitting around not painted cause I don't use them. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I decided, okay, I'll paint them up. I went for completely different from what I normally do on my yeah. cow because I was like, well, they're a breacher team. They're supposed to be like going in there and busting open doors and shit like that. And uh, so I went for like more of a covert ops look to them. Yeah. So they're like a deep, deep blue. I forget. I think it's Cantor blue I used. Mm-hmm. And then I highlighted, I did like a reverse highlight. So like in all the recesses where you would normally get like a wash in there, mm-hmm. I went and I used a really, really light icy blue. Oh, so I okay. gave them like a Tron look. Um, yeah, that like Tron glow around all of the, the recesses and all their armor. Yeah. And, uh, it's well, cool. It's different. Yeah. They're they, not a hundred percent complete. I still have to do some black highlighting. Some of the, like on the dark blue armor, I still mm-hmm. need to do like a higher blue highlight on that. Yeah. But, um, they're tabletop ready. Oh, for sure. Yeah. They look really good. And I like, they, they do stand out completely from the rest of your army. Mm-hmm. And they really have that like black ops feel, like yeah, wet yeah, work yeah. feel. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Right. And, uh, their helmets are different, so like painting all the different lenses, I tried to go like more darker reds, darker greens, and stuff. Yeah, try to make yeah. them seem like they could really sneak into somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm probably gonna end up. I have like a hammerhead that I never use anymore. I kind of I built it, you know, both as like a sky ray yeah, and yeah. a hammerhead. But I also might use it as like a devil fish. I've been thinking about throwing them in a devil fish. Oh, that's a cool. lot of points for a devil fish. But their strength six AP three. If you yeah. get that devil, like devil fish is fast too, right? Yeah, yeah. So you can get it in there within by like turn two, unload them, and they're assault two within like five inches. Mm-hmm. Strength six, AP three. It's a pretty devastating unit. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. So you do the devil fish in the same color. I was thinking about that. Do I want to do the devil fish in the same color? Because what if I decide I want to use it as a sky ray? It'll look a little bit different from the rest of the army. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just do it the ochre then. Yeah. We'll see. You can always go back later and add a devilfish to your army and paint it the blue. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. If I want to go buy another devilfish. Well, that's what I want to do eventually with my storm guard is buy a, another Land Raider Crusader and paint it like Death Company, like black with red stripes. Oh, cool, yeah. And yeah. that's their transport. Mm-hmm. Long-term goals, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, talking about goals, what are your hobby goals? Uh, oh, God, putting me on the spot. <laughs> so uh, finish stuff. Obviously. Uh, yeah, we were talking about doing an Escalation League and everything would have to be fully based. Mm-hmm. So that's happening up within the next 
I guess, month. And what were we talking? We were talking like 600 points to start or something like that? Five to 600. So I would need to have my five to 600 point list based. Mm -hmm. So that's... Which wouldn't take that long, especially if you're playing Space Marines. You probably have a few vehicles in there that don't need to be based. True. But then they need to be finished painted. Yeah. So I don't really know what I'm going to be painting, but it'll be Storm Guard. Mm -hmm. And we got the Hobby Challenge still going on. I'm supposed to be doing my Storm Guard, so try and get more of them. Because they all links they together. It's actually good that we're going to have like an Escalation League starting. Yeah. It'll motivate you even more to do this challenge. Yeah. Now we're, you know, taking boss pictures for our Facebook page. So <laughs> need to get my shit together. Yeah, exactly. So maybe the Centurions are, you know, started. Maybe work on those. Maybe the Terminators. It won't take you long to finish painting those bases. You'll do them in like an hour. Well, I'm, I mean, like I need to finish the model we'll first. finish the model itself, yeah. Yeah. They're pretty big, but yeah, yeah that maybe... Uh, Terminators, salt terminators just need like some red highlighting in the banner and they're done. Yeah. So right on. yeah. What about you? Um Skaven. Uh yesterday yeah. we ended up uh we split the well not split, but you tossed me some money for the Vermin Lord mm-hmm. for the uh Vermin Tide box set. That's the big like It's like the Star Collecting Skaven plus some plus some sensor bears well, and a Vermin Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Great deal. All those start collecting boxes are such a good deal. But I was saying earlier today that this week is going to be like, or like the next two weeks is just going to be pure scaven. I want to yeah. build up everything this week and then really crack to get the airbrush out and really start working on it. Yeah. Cause I'm so excited to do this color scheme that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. which is like the, uh, like I'm doing plague monks, like I've said before, but, uh, like very regal white with like a green wash over it all. Yeah. But had, give that like popish look. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of scaven to build too, but I was going to leave that for Beyond the Rim, Jay. Oh. But you know, if you want to cut into our forty k <laughs> podcast with your Ratman, well, that is that's what my hobby progress is going to be. So yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> Do you want to talk about how you're going to advance in the division too, and how that's going to be a hobby goal? <laughs> all right, we'll just save it all for later. Yeah, um, let's move on to uh, games played. You want to go first? Sure. So I played two games, I believe, since we last recorded. One versus you, and then one versus someone who I just met named Sebastian, not mm-hmm. Windsor Sebastian. This guy lives in Toronto, or GTA at least. How did you guys meet? Just at the store? Yeah, I went in Thursday night. So I had some errands to run in the city, so I did that. Then I went up to GW Young and Lawrence for their 40K night. And I just walked in with like my army and some stuff to paint, just thinking, like, okay, I'll get my nids painted for the Saturday game. And... As soon as walking in, one of the staff was like, hey, you looking for a game? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I could. You're <laughs> perfect, this guy. So Sebastian, this was his fourth or fifth uh, 40K game since he came back to the hobby. Kind of similar story as you and me. Yeah. He played as a kid and then got out of it. But now he's really liking it again. Yeah. So we played 1850, just straight up Dawn of War kill points. Uh, he was running Unbound Ultramarines with tons of heavy support. I was running my Dark Eldar. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard. Like that's why he was running Unbound because I think he still wasn't sure on how to put an army, how to together. put like a proper force organization. I mean, charger I'm sure like he could have done like just a CAD, but yeah, he was playing with what he had. What yeah, he exactly. had was Devastators yeah. and Whirlwinds and Vindicators. Yeah, three so. Vindicators. Yeah, talk about getting back into the hobby. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he he had a nice nice uh, heavy support force, and he was running Ultramarines Chapter Tactics. Mm-hmm. I'm running my Dark Eldar. I threw witches. I swapped a few units around the list, threw my witches in there. So I'm like, okay, it's a friendly game. Don't make it as competitive as a list as you normally yeah. run, yeah. Um, and I, did, I still had my Wraith Guard in there, though, which are like a beat stick unit. Mm-hmm. Which evened out the game, though, because they didn't from what I saw, he was taking. Yeah. Oh, really? 
Oh, they yeah. didn't even come in turn three, eh? No, they didn't oh. come in until turn four. And same with, he had Terminators and Deep Strike. Actually, well, he tried to put his Terminators in a Razorback. And uh, this me and this other guy who were watching, it's like, oh, no, they, they can't go in a Razorback. Like, they're oh, like, the Terminators, they're, yeah, they can't go in there. So yeah. he's like, okay, well, all right, they're in Deep Strike. Yeah. And he didn't know how flyers work, and I was running my flyer. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, all your missile launchers will just save for this game. Just give them the extra points or here or there yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. Now, I either win big or lose big with my Dark Elder. <laughs> and this wasn't the former. <laughs> so he just shot the living crap out of my stuff. And, I mean, I made gains. Like, I took out certain units or slowed down the Assault Centurions. But, like, my witches got blown away in one turn and with their transport. And yeah. They lost a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you had some unlucky dice rolls. Yeah. But, and then the uh, Wraith Guard came in, turn four. Yeah. Blew up like two Vindicators and kind of just got shot to pieces a little bit. But yeah. man, fortune on them is so good with oh, the yeah, Archon. Sure. And eventually his Terminators came over with the Chaplain. I challenged the Chaplain killed him. Then yeah, well, you got the Archon me. in there and he's like deceptively good for such a shooty unit. And then there's just yeah. like, this cold combat beast in there. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, but by the time I slayed his chaplain, then the Terminators beat down the Archon, and the Archon happened to be my last model. Yeah. So I was tabled. <laughs> but it was a fun game. Sebastian's an awesome guy. He goes to the Langstaff store, he was saying. Oh, does he really? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but I mean, he came by on Saturday for the 100 store anniversary yeah. or celebration at GW. So I'm eh, hoping to see him around some more. Cool Sweet guy. Man. Yeah. Um, we played a game. Should we talk about that now? Yeah. Okay, so 1500 Grey Knights versus Dark Eldar. Mm-hmm. I was running a very similar, like, shooty Dark Eldar list with the Wraith Guard. Yeah, there's no witches or anything like that. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was the other thing I was going to mention, is going back to the Wraith Guard in uh, my game against Sebastian. Yeah, it's a unit in a friendly game I probably shouldn't have taken. I didn't have time to, like, take, I don't know, like a sixth of my army and rebuild it. Yeah. But it's also a learning game, and... He needs to learn what... Like that there's the, the meta that 40k is right now. Yeah. There's you're gonna play games, which he ended up playing on Saturday, where people just have dirty lists. Yeah, right. And I mean that my list isn't that dirty, but that is a dirty unit. Yeah. And you need to realize there were things in this game that are like that weren't around broken. before when you were playing. Yeah, yeah. they're broken. Mm-hmm. Like Wraithguard probably broken in the Apoc game. Like Wraithguard did so much work. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, yeah, so we played the game. You were running Terminators and some like your usual Grey Knights list, list with the list, yeah. with the big knight. I don't yeah, know what it's kind fifteen hundred point list. It's a Knight Crusader, I believe. Two guns, yeah, the double gun one. Yeah, with the battle cannon and the uh, Gatling cannon, Gatling whatever cannon, it's yeah. called. So yeah, uh, we were playing Maelstrom with just three objectives a turn. Yeah, just the basic yeah. Maelstrom. And you deep struck your librarian with Terminators that came in first turn. Yeah, it was a little different. I wanted to try some new stuff out. Normally, I just put everything on the table. But I'm using, um, what's it called, the Nemesis Strike Force because okay. you're playing Grey Knight. So why aren't you? Because the requirements are less than a CAD. But do you get OPSEC? I don't know if you get OPSEC, but I mean, I have so, so few models on the table. I'm not Yeah, I'm right. not getting table like control anyways. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, and I think I got the re-roll uh, reserve rolls too or something like that. So I uh, ended up... And they could come in first turn too. And they could come in first turn, yeah. yeah. So, oh, that was the Warlord trait that I got. That my librarian right. could deep strike first turn automatically and re-roll his scatter. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, and I know I've played against Dark Eldar enough to know that you're, the first turn, all your vehicles are going to be hiding behind whatever cover they can. Yeah. So I deep struck them, like, risky, Game. but I got the re-roll on the 
on the scatter. On the scatter, yeah. so it's good. I put them like six inches from your board edge, so I was within twelve inches of like, or within nine inches of like four it, vehicles. You, yeah, you were. It was a serious. Yeah, and risk. the psychic power that I had too was like a nine-inch Nova Haywire. Yeah. So I was like, shit, man. Well, this is like my only chance to. Yeah. So I threw my Termies right there, threw the Nova up. Did pretty good damage the first turn. I'm pretty sure you stripped a hull point off each off of them, every so. vehicle, and then yeah. I think I stunned two of them or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you um, didn't kill any of them, which was kind of. Yeah, I mean, I just bad. I don't have any counter to because I, I don't have a lot of interceptor other than like the Icarus cannon mm-hmm. or whatever it is on the um on the on, night. The on the night. But that's really only Skyfire, right? I don't have any like because I know that your uh, your wraith guard are coming in. The fuck is interceptor? Huh? What the fuck is interceptor? It's none of that in my codex. <laughs> but uh, I still need to try and find yeah. a way to... Because the problem is, anyone that has something like D-weapons like yeah. that, they just pop up and take out that knight. Yeah. Like, second turn, right off the bat or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything to counter that yet. I need to figure something like that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a fun game. You yeah. ended up tabling me, I think. Pretty close. I I was ahead in points. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... If I, did, I don't remember if I tabled you or not, but even if I did it wasn't the score didn't reflect yeah well i also i realized that with my gray knights i have to run the uh, supremacy uh, objectives supremacy cards yeah yeah. man objectives uh because it's just like there's so few models on the table that you like secure objective one for one point just doesn't do it it's not going to keep you in the game so when you use the supremacy cards you really get like the hold this and this like hold mm-hmm. too odd and too even for d3 plus three it's like sick i have shunt moves that i can use yeah. to get six points and it's like okay well i might not get a lot of points later but i got those six points right off the bat yeah right? yeah yeah um i'm enjoying playing great so it's a little frustrating sometimes but a lot more tactical i think you should go back to playing a thousand point games yeah without the night without yeah. the night yeah I'm also going to switch to my Blood Angels, so because Dark Elder, I realize is like a pretty dirty matchup against Grey Knight, so <laughs> like a lot of AP two, a lot of poison. Yeah. So low model count, high armor, high toughness armies mm-hmm. are like my bread and butter. So. Right on. Yeah. Uh, what other games do you play? So on uh, Friday, no Thursday, I played against Mike. We actually posted a picture already on the Facebook page of one of his uh, Charcaradons. That's yeah. how you pronounce it, right? I don't know. Space so, Sharks. Space Sharks, yeah. Uh, he did, like, custom eviscerators. Yeah, those are so nice. So he took, cool. like, the siege drills from um, Centurions, mm-hmm. and he put them on heavy bolters. Yeah. Uh, check it out if you haven't checked it out. The Mike's a phenomenal modeler and painter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we played a game, My Grey Knights versus his Charcaradons, and... Uh, we were talking about it before and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to play my gray Knights, 1500 mm-hmm. points. I guess I thought he knew I had a night. I feel kind of bad. I guess he didn't know that I had a night, but he oh. changed his list up a little bit. He's like, Oh, I'll just add a melt in here. And yeah. I got enough power fists. To, if There's I get a lot of close combat, I should eviscerators, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, it's not like he didn't have a chance against it, but I mean, I, he knew that like I was playing gray Knights as a assault heavy army. So he made a very assault heavy army. Yeah. He kind of turned around afterwards and be like, well, if I knew you had a knight, I probably would have taken like a sky hammer or something like that. Yeah. Which I don't know if that would have just absolutely countered. Same thing. It's like, oh, you know, I have a knight. Well, you countered it perfectly. So now my knight, once again, is just absolutely destroyed yeah. on turn two. And here's, now we're playing 1500 to a thousand again, right? Like here's 10 grav cannons turn one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually it's interesting because Grey Knights don't have a lot of heavy vehicles. No, I mean, so when you out, yeah, they just have a land raider. That's yeah, it. but a lot of people don't. I don't think they're that common. 
for like gray knights taking land raiders. Not that so common. when you add a knight in, because you do a lot really, more deep striking than you do like yeah putting guys in land raiders. Yeah, but gray knights with a knight, like nobody, it's not something you expect because yeah. the knight isn't in the codex. And no, it's and very it gives me a lot of AP three shooting. Yeah, that the and army, long range that the army needs and long range shooting. Yeah. So, but I because we had agreed on like a close combat, just like slaughter fest. Mm-hmm. I I promise, I was like, well, I have my knight. I'm just he's coming forward, even though he's a shooting knight, he's coming forward. Yeah. At you. I'm not going to sit him back in the corner and yeah, take yeah, pot yeah. shots at you. No, he's running with the rest of the guys. Yeah. Um. So it was a good battle. It was just like absolute slaughter fest. I think it, I ended up with like my knight, my uh, dread knight. Uh, two termies and my librarian left on the table and he mm-hmm. had the hero for the uh, Tricaridons. Some, yeah, Tiberius. The Red Wake. Yeah. yeah. Um, his like converted model of the which guy. Which is awesome. Yeah, it looks yeah. awesome, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just like an absolute slaughter fest. There was like one side of the battle that wasn't the side that the knight was on mm-hmm. where it was like I had two units. He had his massive 10-man cataphractin terminators oh. and his assault marines on one side. And uh, like... I missed the charge. I failed the oh. charge. And then he charged me and then wiped out the unit. And then I countercharged him and wiped out that unit. Because mm. it's still great nights. Like, I still yeah, have yeah. power weapons on everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wiped out that unit. And then his Terminators countercharged that and wiped those guys yeah. out. Like, it was just a complete slaughter fest. Uh, I ended up winning. I think I ended up tabling him. Because I ended up having, like, the Dread Knight and yeah. just casted Force on him. Yeah. And ended up getting that just one kill on on the hero because that guy's not eternal warrior or anything like that probably not no which is kind of strange you would think like the hero the main guy would have eternal he's warrior. not the uh chapter master oh he's though. not and no. there's very few special characters that have eternal warrior it's oh, really? not common yeah there's about one maybe two per book mm. so there's only i feel like you pay such a like a premium price for these characters that they should have a little bit more durability yeah but i mean a three plus infall is pretty durable he's a three up it? involved i'm pretty too. sure he does yeah i don't know Offhand. Pretty sure he, he doesn't did. have a storm shield, so but that doesn't really mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if Blood Angels can take Cataphracty Terminator armor. It's a good question because they, they just released Angels um, of Death, but that and that had that rules in there. But, but was it, there another data sheet for that? I mean, like when we yeah. look at the Death from the Skies book, they had the data sheets for like. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right, they had three data sheets for the for Storm, storm Raven. Raven. I wonder if they have another data sheet for the Cataphractum. They should. Blood Angels were around in the Horus Heresy, right? Yeah. Honestly, if you ran them out, of course. Take well, yeah, them like, but because um, yeah, he ran those that ten man squad with all lightning claws, which looked awesome. Oh, that man, that squad is so dirty because they all have like hatred, so they're all re rolling ones or whatever it is, right? What's hatred? Is re rolling the first or? round of combat? Yeah, so preferred enemy is re rolling ones for wound and to hit. Mm-hmm. So I think he just had hatred, and then since they're the claws, he has shred. It was just oh, yeah. oh my god, just tearing people oh. apart. Yeah, <laughs> he is waving himself off oh. here, just sweating from all this well, <laughs> awesomeness. If they were blood angels, then you know, throw a chaplain in there. So now they have hatred, mm-hmm. and then they have furious charge furious with those charge, lightning claws. Yeah. Oh, so my god. strength five shred. Yeah, yeah. I just like. I admit that I'm ignorant to the game a lot of the time. Like, yeah. I don't look up all the rules for armies that aren't my own and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And, like, Lightning Claws, I don't know. I just kind of assumed that they were, like, Power Fist, kind of. No, they're coming in, AP3, at initiative. I'm like, what? Just wrecking my shit up. <laughs> and I could come in with uh, with the formation at AP at initiative 5, too. Nice. With so the, you uh, before. Ball Strike Force, yeah. yeah nice. Maybe I need to. I'm I'm gonna build Terminators with lightning claws. I have the parts for it, so I got to get around to that. But 
Yeah. Was there anything else you want to talk about? Any news or anything like that? Uh, nothing off the top of my head. Are you hinting at something? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Silver Tower came out. It's a pretty fun game. I haven't played it. Yeah, I played a round of it. It was interesting. I mean, I it seems like they're coming out more. I've only played like the first. It was the weekend before it came out. And uh, I only got a chance to play as like the few heroes that come in the box. Like you can't play as the, there weren't rules yet for like the a Gracier or a Skaven Warlord. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I like playing as bad guys, man. I yeah. like those characters a little bit more. Did you play as the Chaos guy? Then? You can any guy no, that but did you when you no tried no out? I played oh, okay. as the um, Night Elf guy. I think the Dark Elf, Dark the Elf, Witch person, something like that. It's just yeah. like crazy amount of attacks. Um, but it was still fun. It's it's one of those games where like you're a team, but there's still only one winner. Yeah. So like someone is still the the winner at the yeah. end. So you're like working together, but the guy that gets the last wound on the on the monster gets the XP gets the or, renown or the yeah. XP often and stuff like that. So it adds that interesting mm-hmm. um, component to the game. I was but, looking at the box and like going through it. I'm thinking like, okay, well this guy and this guy could be Eldar or Harlequin, like the. High Elf Mage could be a Shadow Seer for yeah, Harlequin. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Dark Elf guy could be a Succubus, although Succubuses can't be men. Mm-hmm. And all those demons, I could just, those are easily Zinch demons. So I was, yeah. And also now I'm getting an Age of Sigmar, so those would They all, all have the, the, the War Scrolls for all of the models yeah. in the game, and some of them are really good, actually. That, I would, I'd be compelled to buy the Skaven assassins mm-hmm. off of someone because his rules are actually really good. You get yeah. two models on the table and they both do whatever they want to do. And then when one of them dies, you roll a D six on a four plus it wasn't the right guy. Yeah. So you but just it, take that one guy off and the other guy still does his thing. Right. Yeah. It's like an illusion. Yeah. As soon as one attacks, yeah. the, but they're doing, it's off. not like they have to move around together. It's not like they're a squad. Yeah. They go do their own thing. It's, they both get the exact same rules. They get to re-roll to hit against yeah. heroes and stuff like that. Right. It's like old Mandrake rules for dark Eldar. Like, you just put three models on the table and just move them up. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't shoot at them or anything. And then oh, really? at, at any point, you just take two of them off and deploy the squad around the third Did guy. you have to decide before the game which one was the... Oh, I don't know. Like, I know with the Assassin in Age of Sigmar, we're getting... Sorry, we're getting off 40k here. But with the Assassin in Age of Sigmar, you have to decide beforehand which unit he's hidden in. And if that unit's wiped off the table before you reveal him, you lose that model. But that's not the one that comes in so That's power. not the one. That, no, I don't yeah. think that this model hides in a unit or anything no, like that. No, no. But I, I don't know if you had to pick. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, that's like old, it's not 15 year old rules, yeah, right? Yeah. So, Right on, man. Well, I guess we'll take a short break and come back with rules lawyering. Sounds good. All right. And we're back with a little bit of rules lawyering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lawyers are in the house. I, I think we should be the Arbites. The Ar- Ooh, the I like that. Yeah. We are the lawyers, the judges, and the executioners <laughs> of the rules. We were talking about that earlier. I want to do an Arbites army. I know. Yeah. That's what made me think of it. I'd love to. I just don't want to spend the money on a shitty army. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is a little different this week. Uh, we actually have a listener question. Yeah. So if you guys ever want uh, us to do a rules learning segment... Uh, you can email us at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com or you can send us a PM on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrongsideofthemaelstrom. Mm-hmm. And this one is off of Facebook. This is yep. from Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, could an independent character on a bike join a squad of regular infantry? 
So uh, that's part one of the question. And yes, uh, you can join characters. Independent characters can join squads of infantry, except monstrous creatures, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, character cannot. An independent character can't join a monstrous creature, and likewise, like a monstrous independent character can't join can't a join unit. a unit. But if your captain is on a bike, you can join a tactical squad. And the tactical squad still moves six, but the independent character can move twelve. As yeah, long like if he's he, at the if he's at the rear of the unit, he can move his twelve and move to the front of the unit. As long while as everyone else is still moving six, as long as he stays within those two inch coherence. Yeah, as long as the coherency stays. Yeah, proper. stays intact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a pretty simple one. The second one is a little bit different, which is interesting. Yeah. So um, follow up question. Yeah, follow up question. Can the infantry? This is more uh, towards orcs, I believe. Yeah, that was the example you used. Yeah. So could um, can the infantry run, and the ice, the independent character on a bike, turbo boost, so long as they stay within two inches of the squad? Oh, okay. Stay within two inches of the squad. You never finished this question. The second oh. question, <laughs> the second part of the question was, if um, let's say the warlord declared a wog, it allows a unit to run and charge. Yeah. Could the character on a bike turbo boost and charge as well? So we're going to look into the rulebook here. Page 63 of your large rulebook. Uh, turbo boost. Bikes and jet bikes cannot run, but can make a special turbo boost move instead of firing in their shooting phase. Turbo boosting bikes move up to 12 inches, and jet bikes move up to 24. Uh, controlling their bikes such high speed, it takes a lot of concentration. Uh, bikes and jet bikes, therefore, cannot shoot, charge, or execute any other voluntary action till the end of their turn after turbo boosting. So the bikes will not be able to move, so I don't believe they would be able to declare a charge yeah, uh, now, or be part of a unit that is declaring a charge. I don't have the or Codex on me, but I was looking at it earlier, and it specifically says that when a WOG is declared, units can run and charge. Yeah. Now, a turbo boost isn't a run move no it's so different rules as written no because only units can run and then charge they can't turbo boost and charge no now, it's very explicit that yeah, you can't turbo yeah boost it says in. exactly run it doesn't say run or turbo boost well, it just says run yeah now that does not mean like i would still say that if the warlord is on a bike in a unit mm-hmm. the unit can still run around him like the here's another question like do you roll just once? For, no, because the turbo boost is a straight out move. It's yeah, a it's flat not, out, right? It's, it's not a, random. Yeah. It's a, so can the unit still roll a d6 and run around the guy and then they all charge still? So to answer that question, I'm going to go to the draft FAQ that GW has put up on the Warhammer 40,000 mm-hmm. Facebook Which isn't page. official yet, but it's, no, it's a start. No, but I, I think it's a good guideline. Yeah. So under the Death Watch Codex... There's a question, can a unit with both bike and infantry run in turbo boost as long as they maintain coherency, or are they stopped from doing either? Answer, they can both run in turbo boost, but must maintain unit coherency. So the infantry can still run mm-hmm. as long as they stay in coherency of the bike. So they can run So they can do the their separate moving in the shooting phase moves. Yeah. yeah. And then they could, then the whole unit could charge because mm-hmm. with a wog being declared... They can run and charge, and the bike hasn't turbo boosted, so he can also charge. So, yeah, to answer the question in a roundabout way, a bike can join a unit of infantry, and an orc on a war bike joining a unit of boys can move, the infantry can run, then the whole unit can charge. 
But if that warlord on a bike or lord on a war boss on a bike turbo boosts, it's not charging. And yeah. the unit he's with isn't charging. Isn't able to charge either. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I think that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for the question. And yeah. if you have a different opinion, if you found something else on this question, feel free mm-hmm. to get the conversation going on Facebook. Yeah. Or uh, send it, send in your thoughts and we'll uh, talk about them on there. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to come back with our main topic. Stay tuned. All right. And we're back with our main topic for today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, we're going to do a little bit of um, an extended news from the front line because both of our campaigns that we're running have concluded concluded within the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to finish off talking about the um, hundred store opening celebration yeah, that so, GW just had in North America. Yeah. So I've been running the Romanov Heresy campaign in Windsor since early January. And it concluded in the beginning of May. Then we had a big APOC game sort of as a celebration campaign's ending. And also a bit of a farewell so I could see everyone and you know say my goodbyes to my club. And both were a huge success, I think. Uh, the campaign ran for many many weeks yeah it was a pretty long campaign four months and there were lots of battles lots of uh people playing in it i think we started off with 12 players and about three had to drop out but yeah but not too late in like maybe a month before it ended i think in some cases yeah we had one player who kind of just dropped off the map without saying anything Mm -hmm. and then two or three others who had a bail but you heard it here first on wrong side of the maelstrom the final scores Ooh. So, coming in first place is Deathfang with 15 points, Virus Scan in second with 5, Echo with 4, De Great Wall with 2, tied with Lieutenant Aethron, also 2, and Dan with 1. And I forgot to put myself on there, but I'm pretty sure I had 2. Right so, they'd. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not even on the scores on mine. I feel yeah. so low with it. <laughs> yeah, and then other players either had to drop out or uh, were... Other players had drop out or uh, just didn't have any scoring territories. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, congrats to Deathfang Death Fang on his uh, victory. He held on to the hive with an iron grip. <laughs> and that really cinched it for him, I think. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, I like the idea of, of how you do, like, a map and then different areas of the map have different, like, scores that they're worth. Yeah. Yeah, it's based on the Vogan campaign rules. Right on. So I'm not going to go into too much of the campaign mechanics because we did a whole show on that like, yeah. back in December. Uh, but what I want to talk most about is the APOC game. So this was open to anyone. It wasn't just to be we were in the campaign. And it was 4,000 points a player. And ended up being, we had 14 people sign up. And so on the main table... That's a good amount of people, too. Yeah. Six players aside on the main table, 4,000 points each. And then we had a side table with 2,000 points a player. And they were just playing uh, the Relic. Okay, right. For They were fighting over the launch codes, essentially, for an orbital strike. And they got to drop that on the main table. Whoever Mm -hmm. won that game, we'd pause the main game. They could drop it on. So the storyline for the Final War Apocalypse game was... The war for, uh, the war for like Hive Xanadu and the Xanadus and the surrounding province and the plan of Valoran yeah. has concluded, but the Xenos and the traitor factions have kind of gathered together for one final assault on the Hive. Mm-hmm. 
So all the Astartes players have gathered there. Grey Knights have arrived to reinforce the Hive. And it's sort of like a enemy at the gate style style game where all these monsters, all these traders coming to the Hive gates trying to get into the city. And yeah. this last stand of Astartes. And yeah, it was crazy big. 48,000 points on the main table. Yeah, the photos, man. There are so many models on yeah. that table. If you haven't seen them, go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. There's about 30 photos posted from that game. It, yeah, I really like the amount of Forge World that um, you're like in Windsor, the gaming club there has. Yeah. Like the thing that stood out most in that, some of those photos, I was like flipping through them, flipping mm-hmm. through them. And then I saw that massive Tyranid. Um, bio titan the bio titan yeah. oh my god what a that model just gets the, me so excited the hierophant i think it's called yeah it just yeah. you see that on the table you're like okay this game it means business like, yeah <laughs> yeah so uh one thing i want to go in depth on is the fortress i built the mm-hmm. imperial fortress so it had four wall sections four octo- octagonal tower sections and a gate section mm-hmm. and i built this in the two weeks leading up to it and yeah, you got it done and painted pretty fast. I painted it in a single day, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's just dry brushing, but yeah, still. yeah. Um, so what I did is I took graph paper, sketched out the design, like one little square equals one inch, and built the walls. And I've built some other terrain, so I picked up a few tips. When you're using foam core, which is what I was building this out yeah. of, you want to double up as much as possible. You don't want exposed foam because yeah, when yeah. you paint it, the, it'll seep it'll in there. It'll seep into the foam, yeah. And even if you spray paint it, then it's going to like eat away at it. Mm-hmm. So you want to cover it up with masking tape. That's why I did in a lot of cases. Right on. Or you cut into the foam so it doesn't cut all the way through, and there's a little strip of paper there, and yeah. you glue that so it's overlapping oh, on the corner. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. yeah, change the way that you're cutting it so you have that little bit of extra that you can yeah. cover up that bit so of foam. You, you strip off like half a centimeter with just the paper remains so yeah. that will cover up when you put a corner. It's kind of, it's really difficult to explain over the podcast, but I'm going to post Interesting. I know what you're pictures. talking about. Yeah. So you build the walls up like that. You want depth when you're doing stuff like this. So the firing slits in the walls, there's the main cut out of a rectangle. And then on the second piece that glues on the, on the back there, you do a smaller rectangle. Yeah. I've seen that before. So, and it adds that depth of like actually having like a hole going in or yeah. pass through it. Yeah. Uh, another thing on the walls, I want like a graded on the ramparts, like a graded flooring. Mm-hmm. So I used, um, I don't actually know the name of it, but it's, um, it's like a tape or a roll of this material. You can get it like just Canadian tire and you use it for repairing drywall. Okay, so right you on. like, you know, you unroll it, cut off the piece and like stick it. It's sticky on one side and you yeah. stick it on the drywall and then plaster over. Yeah. So you just take that, cut out what you need, and put it on there and trim it. And you've got this, like, grating on the floor. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can use is, I think it's called granny grating. That's one of the names for it. It's for, like, sewing. But that also works. That's easy to cut. Oh, cool. So I did that. And I used uh, makeup sponges. They're, like, little, um, let's see, like, they're on an angle. Yeah, but they're, like, you, triangular almost. Yeah, yep. triangular things. So I use those as, like, buttresses. Oh, did you really? Wall. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So all throughout, and that looked really cool. And you can glue, like, take two of them, glue them back to back, and they make really good tank traps and yeah, stuff, yeah. concrete tank traps. So I did buttresses on the walls and the gate, put um, all this, like, granny grating or, like, uh, dry roll repair 
flooring on there. Mm-hmm. I brushed it all silver. And then I just took some bits from my bits box and just splat like just a little bit everywhere, mainly because I was running out of time. I'm like, I need to get this shit done. Yeah. Like, um, did you do the tinfoil, rubbing the tinfoil on it? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So yeah, one thing I do, I learned this from just looking up terrain tutorials, is you take a bit of tinfoil, maybe like six inches by six inches or whatever, just scrap, yeah. roll it up in a rough ball, and then roll that ball over the foam core, and it'll like create... You know, create texture to it like concrete and when you dry brush it it picks up those details something i also noticed is when you're like sketching out like even if just using a pencil if you press too hard it'll make an indent on the foam core mm-hmm. so like i was sketching out the doors and there were lines that weren't like i wasn't cutting into and you could see that on there when mm-hmm. i painted i'm like oh fuck that looks kind of stupid yeah another thing i did with the doors is i would take a piece and like cut into it or not through it just like halfway into the foam yeah and like cut out the shape of a door and then just take the knife and put it in the cut and just kind of wiggle it back and forth to make like a dep- like a bit of a depression oh i know what you're talking about yeah so, yeah so it's not just like a really really thin cut you kind of open the cut up a little bit so you yeah, actually so, get the look of a door there it's yeah. just not open yeah exactly mm-hmm. and that works really idea. well um on the octagon shapes for the towers, I cut it out the octagon as best I could, and I got all these like eight strips doubled up, and um, tried to cut the angle so it was, uh, I think like a twenty-two point five degree angle, right which I didn't measure it. I kind of just eyeballed it, yeah, which yeah. was hard. But anyways, and then uh, and when I glued all the sides together, it was like at this weird fucking angle. So, but once you put the floor in, and you sit in the um, the inside support pieces, they don't go all the way to the top. Mm -hmm. So there's a resting place for the floor to rest on. Once you put that floor in and glue it, it all brings it together, the shape. But the corners of this octagon, it's exposed glue from just a glue gun. And it looks like garbage. So I took masking tape and put it down, uh, covering each of those, and then Mm -hmm. painted those silver. So it looks like... It looks like steel um, supports. That's cool. That's a cool idea, yeah. Yeah. It looks great, man, and uh, a lot of people have been complimenting you on it. I really like how uh, during the game, like, each individual tower could kind of be destroyed and taken out of the... So, like, you see the battle starts full wall, and then eventually, like, Mm -hmm. guys get up and they destroy one part of the wall, and then another part of the wall comes down. It looked really, really cool. Yeah, and the gate could, like, you can slide, take that out, slides right out and stuff. Mm -hmm. Why don't you give us some, uh, some of the highlights from the game? Sure. So... Um, start off with deployment and just two of it was six Astartes players versus some Eldar and Nids and Chaos and Orcs and two of the Astarte players brought full battle companies <laughs> so West had like a line of rhinos out front and Dan had a bunch too and then we had uh, Luna Wolves and Imperial Fist Legions plus my uh, sec, uh, second found or successor founding Blood Angels and Grey Knights, and me and the Grey Knights were almost our entire armies were in reserve. Oh, right on! Because like there was not a lot of room to deploy. And yeah, like, yeah. Well, might as well hide something in the back. And they deployed their huge force. There were two green tides on the table, so <laughs> two hundred orcs and just on one flank, and like Eldar Titans and Bio Titans and shit. And we didn't do a lot of damage first turn and then they counterattacked and reserves can come in first turn if they're like deep striking for oh, okay. or flying yeah in apocalypse so 
10 Wraith Guard with D cannons just deep struck next to my super heavy and annihilated it yeah. first turn. Um, that happened a few times, just like big units coming down, just taking stuff out. Uh, start of the game for us was West just like knocking out Wraith Knights as like it was nothing nice. with all his Grav Cannon uh, Battle Company. Yeah. Um, yeah, even like I brought down my army and West was like, oh, here, let me kill that Wraith. And I'm like, no, I want to shoot. I, I need, need to charge to it. Do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just call my finest hour. No, no, I got this. Don't worry. It just takes it out. <laughs> like, takes out three of them. Yeah, yeah. Just, he had so many models on the table and just did so much damage. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to hold, like, a temple, and that didn't really work out. Uh, probably highlight of the game, though, is the Spirit of Ulanor was with us, which is, if you don't know what the Ulanor, you might not, actually, I Jay. don't know. So, during the Horus Heresy, or it's not the Great Crusade, actually, Ulanor was, like, this planet that was the headquarters of a giant orc empire. Okay. With a massive war boss. Like, think of a war boss as, like, bigger than a Primarch. Oh, like, right huge. Yeah, massive guy, yeah. And Horus took Ulanor and slew the slayed the warlord, this orc war boss. Yeah. And that was such a huge triumph. They took the entire planet and leveled it to the ground <laughs> and turned it into like just this um like dedication to Horus's brilliance. Right on. And like put huge statues and parkways and like highways down there and everything and like huge magnificent stuff and did this big thing where they got as many people from the Great Crusade to come and stand triumph, and that's when Horus was promoted uh, promoted the War Master oh, okay. title, and he was the that was the first War Master. Yeah, and he rename he got to rename his legion as the Sons of Horus instead mm-hmm. of the Luna Wolves. And during this battle, our Luna Wolves player Aaron brought Horus and lots of Terminators. So we had these three Land Raiders run up, dump God knows how many Terminators into the teeth of two green tides and that combat just went on the entire game yeah but he was just like from the photos he just kept slaying them slaying yeah. them slaying them the like, hordes keep coming slaying yeah. them <laughs> and at the end of it i'm pretty sure every terminator was dead but so was every orc and mm-hmm. horus was left standing yeah and it's like that is so cool there's some awesome photos of that combat yeah. that were taken yeah um Kevin deep struck his uh like I don't know thirty gray knight terminators or something oh, into nice. the enemy lines and just I don't know how much damage he did but like that they got wiped out eventually mm-hmm. and Dom was deep striking his like corsairs all over the place and there's like everywhere um, yeah there's definitely some highlights one thing that I need to work on is find some answer to D-Weapons, maybe some house rules for buildings. Yeah. Because those walls crumbled to Eldar D-Weapons. Yeah, I wonder if you do some type of, like, void shield type thing, where it's like they get, yeah. like, an invul save against or, attacks or something like or that. Or, like, amend Mighty Bulwark to uh, minus one or minus two on the D-Weapon table. Yeah, yeah. So they're not stripping. Because each of those buildings was four hall points, armor 14. Yeah. And you think, like, oh, that's going to be tough to build. That's a land raider. They got to destroy nine land raiders. Because each of those sections was worth victory points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they just like one late game is like, oh yeah, we need those victory points. Boom, take them out. All of them gone. It's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think, I think Eldar, like I mean, everyone says Eldar are broken, and they are. But in a, the number of D weapons they can bring to the table is just huge, and it kind of like. It definitely unbalances the game, and APOC isn't. It needs. It's not meant to be balanced, but like, 
it just changes how the game works. Yeah, I mean, you can just put a limit on D weapons, you could say. That's true. Right. This is how many you can bring. Actually, yeah. that's a really good idea. I think that's the only way you can really just control like it. Two per player or something. Something like that, yeah. 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 You, because, because with the amount of models you're allowed to bring to the table, you can just well, Dom, cheese the hell out of the game, which we were actually talking about this the other day, that like, if you're playing an APOC game to just like get in there and do as much damage and like slaughter and win... Mm-hmm. It, why are you playing man like that's not what an apoc game is yeah. i'm not saying like the eldar players went out of their way to do that that's just the tools in their book and they no exactly them. they didn't mean to it's just that's what happens but you know when you bring a unit of 10 wraith guard that's 10 d weapons yeah. deep striking without scatter because they have a dark elder archon with yeah. them it's like okay well the, the what there's no i mean the answer is thunder hammer storm fuel terminators counter assaulting but like just there's so many of them. And on our team, we had one D weapon. Mm-hmm. So. Now, it's interesting that, like, we're going to get off the main topic here. I want to talk about um, some of the new FAQ stuff. Like, you're not allowed to start an allied unit in a transport, mm-hmm. right? Of, like, the other army that they're yeah. allied with. Yet, the Wraith Guard are still allowed to start in Deep Strike with an Archon that has a special thing, like, with its ally. Yeah. That it's, like... Well, the so what's the difference? Is the independent characters joining that unit at the beginning of the game? Yeah. I don't know. That might get FAQ'd. Right. Because that's similar, right? That's what so. I'd, I agree with it. I think it's okay. I just, it's so similar to this whole, like, well, you can't be putting transports of allies. You can't put Skatari and draw pods, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, but I can put my Wraith Guard with a Archon. allied Dark Eldar to get them in there. It seems like yeah. a cheesy way around this rule that they're trying to amend right now, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see in the coming months when all the FAQ drops. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was the final result of the uh, of this game? Oh, the Xeno Trader Coalition slaughtered us. <laughs> just butchered them. So, the Hive, I guess, despite Deathfang holding it for the entire campaign, is now fallen. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's another planet in the Pilgrim Sector that's just in utter turmoil. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting when... Like we do the bigger campaign, like the subsector campaign or the entire sector wide yeah, campaign. Yeah. Like what's going to happen? Because there's a couple of like things like that where like they're oh the Raxus system that's all like being invaded by orcs right now and planet Carnivora. Well, that was taken back by the Imperium and yeah. stuff. So, and we'll talk about what's happened on Colorax mm-hmm. just uh, right after this short break. And we're back with the return to Colorax, the exciting conclusion to Jason's first campaign. Yeah, man. First campaign. That was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. I have nothing but praise for that final game. So, <laughs> um, so I think I might have talked about it before, what the final game was going to be. I decided that I didn't want it to just be like leaderboard, like the guy who slaughtered everyone because he had a, the best army in the mm-hmm. like in, in kill team. Just like the best suit. codex and co-team would just yeah. run over everyone, which Space Wolves apparently is just like the most broken codex and kill team. <laughs> but um, Thunderwolf Cav are good. Yeah, nobody had like a demon sword and stuff like that, which is just ridiculous. Like 11 attacks on the charge and stuff, 12 attacks well, on the charge. If he, just, if, did VV roll like a custom weapon or something? It wasn't like a special weapon that was brought in. He just was able to take it. That's really weird. Anyways, huh, anyways. Uh, but so I decided I wanted to do a final four-way game. 
mm-hmm. to really make it like, okay, well, you did well, but the guy that came in fourth place still has a chance of winning. Yeah. Right. I mean, you came, you won so many games, you're in first place, so your army is probably better anyway. This was right? out of like 15, 16 people, right? So yeah. You exactly, make it to the yeah. top four. Yeah. And I wanted yeah. to make it so that it wasn't just the top four people playing the game. Like, if you participated in, participated in the campaign and lost every single game, still come out because we're going to have an awesome time for this last game that we we're going to play. Yeah. So, so the four people could bring their full armies. Mm hmm. And then uh, everyone else teams. or kill teams. Yeah. And then everyone else that didn't come in the top four could bring like 50 points. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of like paired everybody up to try and make it as fluffy as possible. And it yep. didn't work everywhere, but more or less. Um, like Mike was playing his Charcaradon. Actually, he wasn't playing Charcaradons. It was just that was the color that they were. I think he was using Raven Guard. Yeah, Raven tactics. Guard chapter tactics. Um, and then Jim, who was playing um, Black Templar, I put them together because Jim had some assault marines that he had yeah. upgraded to or b- brought into his army. Both those chapters are pretty crazy. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, bloodthirsty. Hatred. But it was so awesome yeah. because like you have like all assault marines in this one army, yeah. and then his ally is bringing all assault marines as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to make the game not just a basic mission, not like take and hold or something like like a lot of the kill team games are made to be very short. Mm-hmm. very like to the point this is what the goal is that's it yeah. um i wanted to have a lot of different layers much like itc missions okay yeah so i had like a primary a secondary tertiary stuff mm-hmm. right so because the whole story of cholerax was supposed to be you know this planet had an exterminatus put on it you know, centuries mm-hmm. went by without any communication from the planet or anything like that because it's all quarantined yeah and all of a sudden the signal starts coming off mm-hmm, and so all mm-hmm. these races are all coming here to figure out well what's going on and all of a sudden this planet that no one's on yeah apparently something's going on there yeah. right so it was just a four by four like city block area mm-hmm. lots of terrain like kill team always is <clears throat> and then um in the center i had kind of like a this chaos ruin the kind of thing going on. The dais from Age of Sigmar, yeah, Dragonfire yeah, yeah. Dais, I think. That's just what the store had. That's why I used it. Well, it was it either going to be that or the Realm Gate, one of the two. Yeah. Um, so the objective was whoever had the most models on that at the end of the game won primary, which was mm-hmm. three points. And then the secondary objective was a mystery. Nobody knew what the secondary objective was was at the start of the game. but it was, I did. Yeah, you <laughs> did, yeah. But it was worth three points. Um, I didn't play like I knew, though. I know, which I was very <laughs> impressed with. Um, and then I made uh, like tertiary objectives where each warlord on the table was worth one point, which I don't think anyone actually got any of those in the game. A warlord kills? No, I think a lot of the warlords killed themselves. Uh, or the demon prince killed them. Or the demon them. prince killed them, which was the secondary objective. No, um, I think because uh, Mike's Karchardon lord got killed, didn't he? Oh, did he? I'm not sure. Oh, at the very end, he got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I made it, two yeah. personal objectives that were hidden. Like, uh, you didn't have to show them to anyone. They were secret objectives mm-hmm. for each team. So there was a Tyrion team. And so one of them was a personal objective like that I personally wrote for that team. And then another one was a randomized one because we put six different objectives down on the table. Um, but they were like building objectives. Like yeah. this building is objective number two or stuff like that. Yeah. You marked all the buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't mark the buildings. You guys marked the buildings. Yeah, well, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Players mark the bit shows buildings. Yeah, so you had a building that you would have to hold for two turns randomly, mm-hmm. and then you would have a personal objective. So the Tyranid one was you had to have more models, because like, it was a four by four, so it was four quarters. Yeah. You had to have more models than an enemy team in two separate quarters that weren't your own. Yeah. So it basically forced the Tyranid players to like, move out of their area, which they were probably going to do anyways, but I really mm-hmm. wanted to get the feel of the army, like the massive yeah. horde just flying across the table. Yeah. 
Um, I tried to make them a little difficult, but not like overly difficult. I thought they were good. Like ours, me, because I was playing Nids with Jordan. Yeah. And we saw that and like, okay, this isn't going to be easy, but, but it's, it's doable. doable. Yeah. Especially because we had more than double any other team. Yeah. In terms and of models. there was um, a Necron one. Which um, I didn't name the objectives. I think I named your objective. The Tyranid Horde, yeah. Horde, yeah. Which I actually wanted to name it like "Kill Them, Kill Them All." Like Starship yeah. Troopers, just yeah. this massive horde running towards people. Um, but the Necron one, I really wanted to go for like an extinction type of feel, like trying mm-hmm. to like annihilate everything. So they had to eliminate a special model from each of the teams. Yeah, special being a category like elite or fast. Tag. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Special and. And kill team. And you can't take as many of them and stuff like yeah. that. If I just made it like destroy one unit from every army, it'd be way too easy. Yeah, yeah. Um and then the um the assault marine army, the Raven Guard and the Black Templar yeah. one, I made theirs because they all have Raven Guard, so they're all allowed to like re roll their um or is that just uh, assault packs that let you re roll the charge range? Raven Guard can use their jump packs in both in movement both, that's and why, assault. Yeah. yeah. So he could re-roll all of his assault charges. So his was to make a charge of 10 inches or more. Yeah. Which ended up being pretty funny because there were situations where it's like, well, I could move my jetpack guy within like three inches of you. Yeah. But I'm going to keep him at 10 just to try and make the charge, right? Yeah. And people were kind of like, I think some people were like, oh, I don't know what's up here, but. Yeah. And then um, uh, Noah, who was playing as. um, Wolves. Space Wolves. And he was with uh, Jeff, who had his Death Watch. Right, yeah. Theirs was, because Noah's. team leader was just an absolute beast mm-hmm. his special objective was he had to slay an enemy team leader with his team leader oh. and his team leader doesn't have any shooting weapons yeah. any ranged weapons so it was just like get your team leader right into the heat of battle and take out another team leader yeah so like right off the bat he's just like running to the other side of the table yeah. like charging right in just i'm gonna take as many shots as i can just try and survive get in there with he's gonna survive his fucking team leader is amazing <laughs> but um just get in there slaughtered a necron Team mm-hmm. leader took him out there. Oh, so team, so team leaders did, did die. Yeah, that yeah. one did. Um, zone yeah, rope I, did I, too. I, well, yeah, the zone rope survived perils until yeah. perils that killed yeah. himself. Yeah, but it was funny uh, because it was really late. I thought you were you guys were going to get your objective really early. The, uh, yeah. the Tyranid Horde one. We kind of got held up by assault marines. Yeah, like everyone started. Move, I thought everyone was going to start moving towards the center of the table, which you guys did. And then everyone else started like outflanking. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I thought everyone mm-hmm. was just going to like bum rush the center of the table and we we're going to have some yeah. massive bloodbath. Um, but yeah, so you guys kind of got held up. And then luckily, kind of towards the end of the game, like turn four or even turn five, maybe, I think it was probably turn four, um, Jordan went to go do Onslaught, is it? The one that allows you to run and then shoot? I think so, yeah. But he perils and killed his um, zone throw. His zone throw, but he succeeded. Yeah. So the remaining Gaunts were able to run and run into two separate quarters. One of them, they automatically, they already outnumbered the other models. Yeah. And then another one, they were outnumbered, but they could still shoot and they shoot and they took out like two or three wolves yeah. to get that bonus point. It was pretty awesome. I mean, they didn't end up winning the game. But it was still really cool to see like that it, late objective grab, even though it seemed like you guys were like completely out of the battle. Yeah, you guys I mean, had lost so many. It was models. satisfying to yeah. get that objective, mm-hmm. and it was it was interesting because both Noah and Mike moved their forces out of their table quarters very early. So like Jordan and I were kind of just like, oh, okay, we we this can rush. Nobody else that. knows what you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, Except uh, Jay turtled up with his Necrons. Yeah, yeah, Donald but, Trump built that wall. Yeah, so we had uh, we had an uh, Imperial Guard player, Leonard, mm-hmm. and uh, his team leader. He named him Donald Trump. 
Yeah. And I think he died like three times. It was like Donald Trump the third that was on the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we didn't really, that was the kind of non-fluffy part. I didn't have anyone to really put him with. Yeah. So he went with the Necrons because I was like, well, if Donald Trump's going to go with anyone, he has to go with the just the, horrible race that wants to kill everyone. <laughs> the, yeah, the like stone cold, soulless, heartless abominations that want to see the world and galaxy burn. Yeah. And so I said like, that, yeah. I mean, there weren't a lot of orders that he could really give the Necrons that would help too much. But uh, we had decided that if he, if we had an Aegis defense line and if he had rolled double ones on his leadership check for issuing the order, <laughs> that he could build a wall. <laughs> um, but yeah, they kind of sat in the corner, which was interesting because, well, Noah did charge them first turn. So they started to make a move and then they had like three wolves coming at them. So they kind of just stood there trying to fire at them, yeah. not doing a whole lot before they got a fair amount of damage taken to them. Um, and Noah actually, like he got his objective by killing the warlord and then... Um, the secondary objective was a demon prince appeared on the field out of this like chaos portal, portal that was in yeah. the center that everyone was trying to go to because that was the whole point was yeah. everyone was going to bum rush the center and then this demon prince which like a demon prince is pretty damn good like it's not kill you team. can't get it in kill team because yeah. it's so good right yeah, yeah. Um, but I I um, it wasn't like just straight up demon prince stats more or less like he was a mark of neurals so he was like toughness five and he wasn't a flying monsters creature he was just a jump monsters creature yeah um I gave him a weapon, like a Nurgle upgrade, that allows you to automatically wound. Okay. So I wanted to make him like really, really like, you want to charge him? Okay, well, he's initiative eight, so he's probably going first. Hitting weapon skill threes. nine, so he's hitting on threes. He's automatically wounding you AP two, so I was like, well, good luck if you want to try and take him out, yeah. right? Um, but Noah just manned up and was like, I'm coming for you, man. I don't care. So the, well, Demon, Prince, so the Demon Prince was like, oh, he's coming for you then. Comes in, yeah. fights the Terminator. Well, the Lone Wolf Terminator, which that's what they do. They go and try and kill big monsters. Yeah, and the Lone Wolf Terminator did survive one round of combat, but the next round of combat, he got taken out. And then um, it was funny because Mike, uh, like, then Noah charged in with his warlord Mm -hmm. and was having trouble against him, too. And the Demon Prince, like, after, like, two or three rounds of combat was bringing him down to, like, one or two wounds left. Yeah. And then Mike uh, charged in with, like, I think he had, like, five or six assault guys. Okay jumped in hammer of wrath i went to go roll because the demon prince had a three plus invul save yeah. five wounds and if he lost his last wound you roll a die on a four plus he gets one wound back yeah so instead of giving him it will not die i gave him kind of like a well it gets back up yeah it gets thing. back up yeah. it's a little hard to finish him off and then um so mike runs in the demon prince had four wounds left charges a bunch of guys hammer of wrath roll uh i think two twos and a one knocks him down to one wound right <laughs> demon prince goes first Takes out like um, well, I think there was like one or two assault marines left afterwards because yeah. he does another wound on on the um, lord on the lord on the wolf lord and then takes out a bunch of assault guys and then the wolf lord goes next and gets the one kill and he gets the victory <laughs> points for taking him out. That's, so Mike's yeah. like, "Thanks, man. I did all the work on this." Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. That that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted people to like. Do I have to worry about other players or do I worry about this massive demon prince yeah. that's just like slaughtering? everyone it can right yeah and i just ran right towards the portal knowing what was gonna happen no, yeah. with my little horn of gods uh, i think they were gone by the time oh no they weren't gone but they were they were stuck in a battle yeah they were stuck against a space shark who was just eating them yeah i mean i made a lot of six plus saves you though. did i'll give you that a lot of yeah. t-shirt saves um and then i still kept routing like routing is a thing in kill team that we've talked about where if you lose 50 percent of your models mm-hmm. you have to start rolling leadership tests at the beginning yeah. at your highest leadership on your table um at the beginning of your turn so 
that was still a possibility that like you could be doing well, but if you route, you're out. Yeah. And um, Mike and Jim ended up routing, but a lot of people were making their route tests all the way through. Like I think yeah. uh, you guys made a route test on like uh, you had Leadership like an eight or something, or something like six. Or something. Yeah. You made it one turn, you got it. And mm-hmm. then I think uh, you guys did ended up routing. You rolled a seven instead of a six yeah, on like turn right. five or something like that. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the points were um, pretty close. Like mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have won with the amount of points Noah was getting, but it was still like you're staying in there. Yeah. Especially like you still had a lot of models around the portal. They weren't on the portal, but around it. And there was only like one more turn left. Like I think you guys routed on turn four. Yeah. If it had gone to turn five and you had passed it. There's a good chance you could have won. Well, it's like a lot of armies had like 15, 18 guys on the table. We had 40. Yeah. So, like, yeah, because you guys doubled out everyone else, which is perfect. Yeah. That's how Tyranid should be played. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, the final score ended up being six for Noah and Jeff, uh, two for Jordan and Ian, Woo! two for Mike and Jim. And unfortunately, then Necron and Donald Trump Coalition got boxed in in their corner, ended up with zero points. Jay and Leonard. Yeah, Jay and yeah. Leonard. Um, I didn't end up playing, I, but I enjoyed that more. I had almost like just like GM the game. Yeah. Well, you and ran the Demon Prince. I ran Prince. the Demon Prince as well. Um, a lot of fun though, man. Yeah, the mm-hmm. game went really well, I think. I don't know. How'd you like it? I thought it was great. Uh, like, that's what I want to do. Like, I kind of wish I GM my APOC finale. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been good. Because it, so, there's so much going on. And yeah. You need to ask people's questions. You need someone to like, you were on the ball with the timer. Yeah, I made it uh, 10 minutes a turn, which yeah. seems really rushed and it kind of was, but you've been playing these armies for two months. You know what all the dice are supposed yeah. to be. Start rolling them, man. Just start rolling them. You've got two people, like Noah is notorious for rolling ones. So he had Jeff be his dice roller. He yeah. would tell him, roll two dice, roll three dice, roll this, roll that. And Jeff would be rolling. He's just rolling like crazy yeah. too. Like <laughs> Squire. He's squire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that was so much fun, and every model on the table was painted. That's what that was mandatory. If if I see a model not painted or fully based, it gets taken off. I take it off the table. Ooh. Mine weren't based. <laughs> well, more or less. So you were a bit of an exception because it was like a last minute. Hey, I need models for yeah, this game, yeah. right? Yeah. But but you didn't even notice though, because like yeah, everything was else good. was. No, it was looked painted, yeah. awesome. We're gonna post a ton of pictures on. Yeah, Facebook. we took a lot of photos. Yeah, so those should be up actually before this airs. Yeah. But. Yeah, you. I think you did a great job. You on the whole campaign, not just and th- this final battle especially. Like, and the really cool thing was after the end of it, people were asking me. Yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, like, hey, what happened to Colorax now? I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't well, know. Well, no, what you said was perfect. You're like, well, um, what do you guys think happened to Colorax? Uh, yeah, you guys to- took part in the campaign. A space wolf is the guy who ends up. Owning Colorax, technically. Yeah, you took, you took Colorax. What, yeah, ha- so what, what do happened? you want to yeah. do? And he's <laughs> like, oh, this is now my, like, fortress. My guy is kind of going renegade. Like, he's mm-hmm. got this demon weapon. Like, well, okay. actually, what his storyline for his army was, was the lone wolf. So, like, his space wolf army, mm-hmm. his space wolf kill team came to this planet, and they actually found a lone wolf that was oh. on that planet already. Yeah. So, it kind of has, he has already, like, a cool fluff going That's with really his army cool. on that planet. But it's cool, because the next campaign that we do, like, if we do, like, a sector campaign... We'll have like Colorax on there, yeah, like, and that'll be that'll be his starting position or something like yeah. that. So it's like, well, in this campaign, what do you want to go for? You want to expand, or do you want to make sure that you hold on to Colorax? Yeah, yeah, definitely, right? No, it was, and I mean, this is Noah who was probably the most excited about the. I mean, everyone was, but like Noah was the guy who 
declared, like, I'm going to try and win this campaign. Yeah, yeah. And, like, at the end of it, it's, like, super excited about fluff. Yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, that's the dream, right? When mm-hmm. you get players who might be a little more competitive, a little more rules-oriented, but, like, come to the light side and just, like, yeah. Enjoy having fluffy. a narrative game, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we were talking afterwards, and it's like, oh, yeah, the next thing we want to do, fully painted, fluff is part of the scoring. Like, yeah. If you're running like a beat stick on fluffy list, you get censored and you mm-hmm. have to change it, which I'm like, perfect. That's, That's awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely yeah. down for all of that. Um, yeah, and we, you actually made up some really nice awards to hand out to people. They look amazing. Yeah. They actually took some photos holding the awards that yeah. we're going to have on Facebook as so, well. Best general and best, uh, uh, best general for who won the campaign yeah. and chief librarian who had the best fluff. Who had the best, the, the description you had in it was perfect. It's like for superb storytelling and yeah. Uh, yeah, narrative acumen. No, tac- yeah. Something Anyways, like that. It was, it was like amazing. That, yeah. But yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're going to be right back with the 100 store celebration. All right, for the concluding portion of our main segment, we're going to be talking about the 100 store celebration that Games Workshop held in North America. Yeah, man. So one of those stores was a Games Workshop Young and Lawrence, Jason's home store, and I guess now my home store as well. <laughs> um, but they put on, it was a great event. Yeah, I mean, they had the schedule ahead of time, like what all the things you could do throughout the day. Yeah. Um, There were a few things. They had like a building challenge. So it's like from the second you open the box, Mm -hmm. they start the timer and you get a point for every minute. Or I forget what it is. It's like, oh, I think it was 100 minutes. You had 100 minutes, you have 100 but, minutes you to, but points yeah. for each minute you didn't use. Yeah, exactly. 100. Yeah, yeah. So if you built in 30 minutes, you got 70 points. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Eric built a command squad, a Space Marine command squad. I think I ended up getting like 51 points for it. Oh, and that ended good. up winning the day, I'm pretty sure. Then they also had a painting one. I'm not sure if anybody did that. That's a little bit harder. You kind of have to know ahead of time that you want to bring in a model to... Like, Paint, yeah. are you going to prime it already? Are you going to buy primer that day? Are you going to prime yeah. it? Open? It's a little bit harder to do that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't especially know since a lot of the guys at the store, I'm surprised nobody did it. I'm, maybe somebody did. We just didn't see it. Yeah. We had to leave early to help a friend move again. So, <laughs> um, And then they had the 100 minute mega battles. Yeah. Which were like thousand point battles. A lot of guys were playing it on four by four tables just to like speed up. Oh, the that's games. a good idea. Um, yeah, it was a great idea. I didn't know when I saw um, Jordan was actually the first guy I saw doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, I think you just get points for, for winning games. Yeah. And uh, so guys were just like trying to just get as many games yeah, in as yeah. possible, especially after the. The Not campaign the, game, the final yeah. game, I'm pretty sure everyone just went off and started. Like, teams that were getting eliminated, the first thing they were doing as soon as they got eliminated, okay, let's go play a game. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I think Jay ended up winning the best general for that one. Yeah. Also, they had an auction. So they had a seven, like a life-size Space Marine cardboard cutout. Yeah, I think that was from the 30th anniversary or 30, what it, was it, the 30th anniversary? 30, yeah, 30th It anniversary. was from that. So yeah. it, it's been around the store for like a month, month and a half now. And yeah, they were auctioning it off. They also auctioned off a um, signed art print. It was the Silver Tower cover art. Yeah. And, and it, was pr- it was numbered and signed. Uh, I think there was only 105 that Games Workshop had sent yeah. out, had produced. And um, we really got beautiful. number 69. Great. Yeah, the store got 69, <laughs> which is probably the worst number to have at a gaming store. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that went it went for like eighty five bucks or something like that. Close to a hundred. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank really wanted it. He was like all over that. Yeah. Uh, and then they, I think they had art prints as prizes as well for those hundred minute challenges. Yeah, there was also like um, I don't know if this was supposed to be like a like a games workshop thing or if just Mike the store manager did it himself but he mm-hmm. filled up like a jar with space marines and you have to guess how many marines were in the jar yeah and i guess i was like i was looking at it and i'm like mm, that seems like about 34 and he laughed at me and walked away <laughs> i was like well i guess i was wrong <laughs> there were three the first was the wisest yeah. <laughs> um yeah it was fun day. Wonder- fun day though man they had cake uh yeah. pop. they threw an awesome party they yeah. actually i mean i know your favorite oh, part of the yeah. day i got a text from jason and it's like so we we'd heard a rumor that this butcher around the corner, the friendly butcher, was catering it. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't. I was hoping it was. I was probably just gonna go there for lunch, regardless. Yeah. But I got a text from Jay where it's like, "Hey, we get free friendly butcher if you're not here in thirty minutes. We're going without you." And fortunately, I just pulled in. Yeah. So actually, I was on Young when I saw that text. I'm like, I almost pulled over in the middle of the street to <laughs> just to run over to get. Yeah. It. yeah. But it was awesome getting free sandwiches, and it's yeah. not like it's not like some garbage caterer like no that's some of the best food in the area that i've had he, he, that i the best burger i've had is from there and we <laughs> so got, it's pretty awesome and mike got to pick like every like all the different types of food that we were gonna have options, stuff. Yeah. yeah so it was awesome it was cool like so long as you participated in the day or spent some money that day you got to um you got a free sandwich so oh, it was okay. awesome nice uh yeah awesome. and they serve cake yeah, uh, I turned to Jason and then Alfonso. I'm like, yeah, I got a rules question you answer. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, when's the cake being served? <laughs> and then Alfonso's like, I'll find out. And then came right back. And, like, and he nah. served the cake. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you asked, Jason. Exactly. You're making fun of me, but the cake got served right after. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're a man of action. Damn right. Um, but yeah, everything was fun. We had the campaign game going on. Lots of people just because... I think one of the challenges was to have like a hundred people outside the store for a photo. We didn't have that many. I think we had like thirty-five or forty people outside no, I don't of the think store. We had that many, but um, it was cool to see like that, like the store that packed. Like that's even true. It was very. That was probably was the really busiest busy. I've seen. Yeah, and it was cool because like we had all the people around our one table playing the game. Meanwhile, like other people are just coming up and looking at it and watching, and everyone's yeah, yeah. yelling and screaming and having a good time. Yeah, was, Noah was losing his fucking mind. Yeah, <laughs> mind you, I also fetched him three energy drinks, so that might have been part of it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a good time. And uh, you got the Centum or Centus, is that his name? The Space Marine? Yeah, Captain Centos or something. Centos, yeah. Centos the Fresh Maker. <laughs> That's not going to get old. No. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, if you spent like over $100, you got them for free. Another limited edition model. Now, we were talking about this because we opened yeah. it up and he's a fine cast model. And, and apparently people are getting all yeah, up in arms about him being fine cast. Went on Bell of Lost Souls and they had this. Um, like skate maybe not scathing indictment but like it was an article it's like this is fine cast is back this is bullshit people didn't know this before they got it they should have been warned it's like okay i I don't know if it was free everywhere or what the deal was but like first of all it's a free model if you spend 100 bucks yeah yeah okay otherwise it's like a 35 dollar model yeah oh that oh i see what it was okay but if you're spending 100 bucks like but it's a limited edition model you'd only get it these two like yeah go check on ebay how much that model costs right now yeah i bet you're gonna pay 100 bucks for that model yeah. now, right but regardless it's fine cast and i know there's been a lot of problems with fine cast but i from my understanding and my experience the problems are with the older models that they converted to fine cast from metal 
mm-hmm. not new ones that they've like put out. Well, you just said earlier today, like stop complaining so much, guys. Like, what would you rather have a metal model? Yeah, jeez. Like, I'm sorry, I opened up that box set and I thought if it was going to be fine cast, it was all going to be like one piece. Yeah, I didn't. No, I was, man, that's a fully customizable model. You don't have to put the power fist on them. You don't have to put the the bolt pistol on them. Yeah. You can even change the head. The head is completely different. Yeah. So like, I was I was like, well, he's not going to really fit into my, he's not going to fit into my Grey Knights at all. Yeah. But he might fit into my Black Templar. But he's not going to have the same helmet that they all have. No, no, no. He can have the same helmet yeah. because his head is a separate piece. Well, I was going to turn him into a statue, and I don't know if I'm going to do that now. Yeah. Like I was. Because I looked at the model and like, oh, that'd make good Space Marine terrain statue yeah. thing. I'm not going to spend 35 bucks on it. Then, you know, got it for free. I'm like, oh, maybe I will do that. Yeah. Then I open them up and it's completely convertible. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this might need to be someone now. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, I think it's a great model. I loved that model when we were kids. I really wanted to get and I just never got around to it. Yeah. So. But yeah, overall, the, the whole Centum uh, event went really really well i'd love to see photos from like other stores mike's on the ball That's when it true, comes to yeah. facebook he's so good at like posting photos yeah. of all the games and all the challenges that are going on during the day mm-hmm. um, so you could really get a feel on the facebook page of how active the store was that well, we day probably go to other facebook pages and yeah i, I want to do that i want to go look at other stores and see how busy there was because man if all stores were like that good on games workshop for doing that to a promotion man like they had yeah. bags for sale too and stuff like that yeah and, they like special stuff where they like brought out like oh here's that the toolkit that's like 50 percent savings yeah. and, and as opposed to buying them individually which i double checked like you can't get that online that toolkit the that they were selling was amazing for like a, i thought that toolkit was gonna be like 200 bucks and it's it was 130. like 130 that's ridiculously if i hadn't good. dropped like a lot of if tools. i hadn't bought the skaven stuff i would have bought that case yeah. even though i already have the clippers and the and some of the other stuff the the fact that it came with that like folding uh like roll out roll out case you can put your paintbrushes in and stuff yeah. like that like it didn't just have space for the stuff it came with it had space for like all your paintbrushes well, i might try and you can probably get one of those oh somewhere. if you go to an art supply store you can get them yeah, easily. yeah so i might do that yeah because i want to get i mean all those tools are great like your those clippers are phenomenal yeah you spent for the first time phenomenal. the other day but yeah, really good. yeah just don't clip metal like i did <laughs> well, i got older <laughs> clippers i can do that with but i i was thinking about it but i'd already i bought the vermin Lord, I almost said Vermin Prince. Vermin Lord <laughs> off you, and then uh, the Corn Demons for my Age of Sigmar. Yeah, you already crap, spent so. a lot of money that day. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm actually really excited because we were talking about this a few episodes ago, like community engagement. This mm-hmm. is community engagement, man. This is stuff that I haven't seen before. Yeah. But not, I haven't seen for a long time from GW. Mm-hmm. And, well, the 30th anniversary had not to this extent, but it still had events that day as well. Yeah. And now this, just like a month or so afterwards, like if this is going to be a con- like a continuous thing that happens more often, yeah, man, that's props true. to GW. This is that was an awesome day. Yeah, right. And you you got a lot of people coming into the store that you see every once in a while, but not every weekend. Yeah, that you saw everyone that day. Yeah, everyone from the gaming community was in the store that day. Yeah. So yeah. it's good for business. It's good for the community. Props to GW for doing that. Keep it up, man. Yeah, and that was a. Fucking awesome sandwich. I love the friendly butcher. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. We'll, That's uh, our next podcast. Yeah, we're going to do a whole episode on the friendly butcher. No, I mean like a podcast. Oh, a, a whole podcast on the friendly butcher. What's on the menu today? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, uh, we'll take a short break and come back with some Beyond the Rim. Ooh. All right. Well, we're back with a little bit of Beyond the Rim. Let's get our... 
non-40K on, shall we? Yes. Yes, we shall. Um, before, I think we're mainly going to talk about Age of Sigmar today. That's the big thing that we've been... So well, we've been jumping back and forth to... Even throw this whole show. podcast, yeah. Um, but before we do that, uh, I've been playing Doom. I think I mentioned it on the last episode. I think it just came out when we were talking about it. But I've been yeah. playing more and more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun, man. So classic. It's the shooter that I needed. Like, I'm... The market's so oversaturated with Call of Duties and Battlefields, which, you know, those games are fun. But this gets back to those old school Unreal style, Quake style, Doom style yeah. like, shooters where it's just go, 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 right? Um, I finally locked down the weapons that I've been using. I use the um, Vortex rifle, which is the sniper rifle in the game. Mm. So it has the zoom, and if you hold the zoom down, it, like, charges up, and you get, like, a like a three-time shot or something like that. So if you nail a headshot while you're holding down, like if you just zoom in real fast and take a headshot, you're not going to get, you're going to get like a critical hit, but not like a crazy one. But if you hold that down and let it charge up and get a headshot, it's an insta-kill. Nice. So, um, but I've also learned to like, because you're so used to a sniper rifle, like zooming in. I've Mm -hmm. also learned that it's a decent weapon, like no scoping guys. Yeah. Right? Like I can still handle my own, but then I also use a lightning gun, Mm -hmm. which is just a steady beam. Okay. But then it's secondary is for half damage, you can shoot it at the ground and it creates a blast, oh, like cool. a radius attack. So some guys are just like so good at moving mm-hmm. that it's hard to like, even with the constant beam, it's hard yeah. to keep it on him while he's like peppering you with shots and right, maybe right, right. Or something. Like that. If I can't hit him, cool, man, I'll just hit the ground and I'm doing half damage, but I'm good at moving too. Yeah. So I'll just, and then, oh, your buddy came in to join in. Cool. Now he's getting hit as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm hitting both of you for half damage, but yeah. even if I don't kill either of you, you're hurting and someone else will come in and pick up the kills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last episode, but they have possibly the best game type that I've played in a shooter in a so, long time. So is this online, like multiplayer? Yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about? yeah. Okay. Multiplayer online. Yeah. Um, but they have, it's called Warpath, and it's like King of the Hill, where you mm. have to hold the zone, but you don't have to stay in the zone. Just once you capture the zone, it's yours until the enemy captures it. Yeah. But it continuously moves around the board. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, hold this area for 30 seconds. No, no, no. It starts moving along, and then... Like, the enemy, like, they don't have to come right forward. They'll see what the path is. So maybe it's going to come into a big open room. They're going to hang out and wait for you to come into that room, and then they've set up the trap for you. It's a lot of fun, man. It's good. Um, I'm probably going to keep playing that for a while, I think. I think Mm -hmm. that's my new... That's what I'm hooked on. Yeah. I haven't really been playing much video games. I want to play a little bit more Battlefleet Gothic. They released a new patch where you can play, like, custom games. So I want to try that out a bit. Uh, I kind of want to pick up Mass Effect because we were talking about it a lot last night. Yeah, we were. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be in my near future because I, I think I have all of them. I can just lend them to you. Unless okay. you want to play it on computer. Not really. Yeah. I like Xbox. I got them all for 360, so. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to get those off you next yeah. time I'm around. I've got the first one, so I can get started. But. Yeah, we were saying, though, that it really is. That was like the perfect space opera yeah. game. Like that, because that, we, we started talking about Assassin's Creed. And the thing that I didn't like about Assassin's Creed was, like, every game just feels the exact same. Yeah. Okay, I can't speak truthfully about that because I stopped playing after, like, the third one. Like, I played the second one, stopped playing it, tried the third one, stopped playing it. And then I just didn't play after that because I was like, they're all the same. I Well, the gameplay in Assassin's Creed, that open world, that, like, parkour run. I love that. Or, That's so cool. Yeah, and but, that keeps me going. Yeah, I guess so. It. I just, man, to keep doing, like, to actually follow the story mode and, like, the combat. I was saying this the other day. I can only do so much combat where it's, like, hold block until the guy attacks you and then time it perfectly to, to kill him and then yeah. hold block for the next guy and then time it perfectly to kill him. Yeah. But we were saying that the thing that I like about Mass Effect is every game is a little different. Mm-hmm. 
They tweak it a little bit. They change it a little bit here. But they don't try and do something completely different. They just, like, between one and two, the mechanics are very different. Yeah, okay. Right? It's still a third-person shooter, but in the first one, you did a lot of pausing, a lot of telling a guy to do this, telling a guy to do that. Yeah. Whereas the second one became a lot more like a shooter. Oh, okay. Right? Like, it didn't slow down the game as much. Yeah. Do you Um, find The Division plays like Assassin's Creed? No. Really? Because I do. Really? Yeah. Why? Because it just has an open world? No. The combat's nothing like Assassin's Creed. No, not the combat, but like the running around, exploring, and like climbing stuff. Because it's the same company. Yeah, I suppose. So I think the climbing and exploring in Assassin's Creed is a lot better than in Division. Yeah, but the one thing I noticed in the Division, it has the same style visual clues about like what you can climb up. That's true. Yeah, as yeah. In Assassin's it does have Creed. that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons I really like Division. Is it scratches that itch mm-hmm. that like. One of the things I love about Assassin's Creed is the running around exploring and like jumping and stuff. In Division, it's that like that, but a lesser level. Right on, yeah. So, cool, Age man. of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar, let's get yeah. into it. So, picked up some Storm Vermin. So, so far, I have a 20 man Storm Vermin squad, two Gray Seers. They look awesome, too. Yeah, I need to get them painted. Two Gray Seers, and the Vermin Lord, and the Start Collecting Corn Demons. Right on. I'm, man, I am so dis. I hate. Seeing fantasy uh, box sets with square bases. GW, get your shit together. And I don't care if you got to recall these boxes and just put... The, how long? Recall these boxes, take the shrink wrap off, open them up, take out the square bases, put in round ones. That's all it takes, man. Mm. I know it's a lot of work. It sounds It's probably more work than it sounds like it is, but you should not be selling square base models anymore in a game where all of your new models are round bases. Yeah. Like, my whole plague army is going to be round bases because all the plague stuff comes with round bases now i don't know well reissue um, all these boxes with round bases man my, mine's going to be because i just spent a bunch of money on third party oh that's right yeah, bases yeah, yeah. so yeah right on those are gonna look awesome like they're all cobblestone did you like, glue all your storm vermin to the yeah i did ones? but the, it's cheap dollar store glue so should crack easy. off pretty easy yeah, yeah i'm not worried about those it. cobblestone bases look really cool that you got yeah. too what company was it Secret Weapon Miniatures. Oh, it was Secret Weapon? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. So I picked up a Tenant Meeple Mart, like 32 mil. So those would be like Grey Sears and the Blood Letters. Yeah. And then I picked up three or four of the big ones for like the Vermin Lord and the Skull Cannon and mm-hmm. the Screaming Bell, which I still need to get. And then I ordered more 32s for the Blood Letters and then You know what you should do? Because, I don't know. I... Storm these bourbon. like uh, secret weapon bases, like yeah. the nice ones, I paint them before I put the model yeah, on. Yeah, I'm going to do that. What you should do for the blood letters is paint it and then take the blood letter and put them, like dip its feet in mm-hmm. blood for the blood god and step it and then glue the model down. <laughs> so it has like every step that it's taking is leaving like blood marks behind. Yeah. That'd be pretty or, cool. Or like as if the cobblestones are like cracking and you see like, like, um, lava or something if you like did something like highlight effect down there that'd be yeah. pretty cool too yeah i'm trying to do that i was i was looking on secret weapon miniatures and they have a sewer line oh yeah that would have been perfect for, for skaven, skaven yeah it would have been really but cool. they're round lip bases for war machine Ugh. yeah i don't like I, I don't like the round bases no the round lip yeah i think you call so. them the bevel bases i think that's no the name those are the gw oh those are the gw ones, yeah, bevel ones? Yeah. GW ones i like those ones way better yeah so and well i yeah i didn't get them obviously but Mm-hmm. Yeah, ordered all those today, so fucking expensive hobby we play, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were saying earlier I picked up the uh, Vermintide Horde box set. Virulent Horde, I think it's called. Yeah, it's like, like oh, yeah, big yeah. pestilence That's box. what it is, yeah. Um, gave you the, uh, or you bought the um, 
vermin lord off me. And I got the grace here that goes on top of the screen. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'm using this. I'm not using a screaming bell. I'm using a a plague sensor, plague furnace, yeah. plague furnace. Yeah, and it came with the sensor bears, which is cool. You know, it's a unit that I never really thought I would have, but I was reading up their rules and they work great with uh, plague monks. With plague yeah. monks, like they're so good with plague monks. And then eventually, you want to get the start collecting box for Skaven. And I'll get another plague priest out of that. I'll buy the plague monks off of you. Yeah. So should all work out, man. We're gonna have some nice uh Age of Sigmar armies. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, the first time I like the first time around playing Age of Sigmar, I was playing with just like my leftover Skaven. I bought like a hell pit abomination here, <laughs> plague priest there. Yeah. It still just wor- wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Now I've been reading up some of the formations. I think I got a nice army going. Especially, I don't know. I still have my like gutter runners. That yeah. I could throw in behind enemy lines, but it doesn't keep the fluff as well. Yeah. But just to have like that one unit outflanking that the enemy's gonna kinda worry about and then have like plague drones come because I have some Nurgle stuff too that I'm gonna be throwing in there as well. Mm-hmm. Have like plague drones rushing right up, followed by like a helpit abomination. Yeah. Followed by a forty man unit of plague monks pushing a plague furnace. Yeah. You got a plague claw in the back just causing havoc. You got multiple plague priests that are just casting spells to try and mm-hmm. uh because a 40-man unit of Plague Monks with both of the spells that you can cast on the enemy and on yourself, I think. It's either on the enemy or it's a weapon choice you can have. I forget which one it is. Apparently, it's the most powerful unit in the game. Like, it deals out the most damage. Which sounds, like, kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, they don't have an armor save at all. Yeah, so they're easy to get So it's, down. like, such a glass cannon. It's, like, rat- I played against them and rattling guns just tear them apart. Anything yeah. with a mass amount of wounds coming at you shooting just destroys you you already had 20 plague monks before you bought this box right no oh no i only have 20 plague monks right now i'll have 40 if you buy the box okay i I never bought any plague monks and i didn't make the commitment because i started playing age of sigmar with my skaven that i had and i was like well this isn't a lot of fun okay do i really want to take the yeah i really want to make the commitment to buy all this stuff and i kind of held off and then when you said you were gonna start buying it i decided why not yeah I'm considering picking up a box of plague or uh, clan rats just to have extra rat bits to like convert some stuff. Yeah, I have a fair amount of extra scaven bits that you can look through, okay, but I you might. don't want to run clan rats. Trust me. Well, I, I might get like a head and a tail off you then. Yeah, yeah, another grace here. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's the necromancer with like the hood and this like crooked staff with bells on it mm-hmm. so i've seen conversions online that look really sick yeah you were showing me some some grazier conversions which yeah. is awesome actually do you have we talked about the army list that you're gonna i think so be but making? i'll go over it because i've developed the fluff a little more now. right on. so yeah, it. it's gonna be this it's the coven of 13 i think so every character unit leader i'm gonna name and like come up with a backstory or something yeah. so it's gonna be a handful of graziers i'll probably have four by the time i start playing and then the Vermin Lord's going to be with character, the leader of the Storm Vermin, going to get a Arch Warlock, and that'll bring me up to about seven. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'll have room to expand. I like the tactic behind your army, though. It's a Skaven summoning list. Yeah, so they, I've got Corn Demons because they're going to be summoning demons. And that was the other one, the Bloodmaster Herald guy is going to mm-hmm. be like another character. And you picked up so. the, uh, you got the Vermin Lord off me because if you roll a 12 on the screaming bell you yeah. summon a vermin lord so you might as well have it if you're going to roll the 12 yeah right? and i think if we're doing this campaign during the summer what i'll do is they won't the vermin lord won't be in my army list yeah until i summon him with the screaming bell and if he survives that battle then i'll start him on the field and if he dies then then i need to summon him through the screaming bell yeah, yeah that's really cool yeah um but the thing that i like is um gray can eat a warp stone before they try and cast the spell mm-hmm. and on a 
I think it's on a two plus they succeed on a one they take a mortal wound but it gives them an additional magic die so while no, summoning it gives them a re-roll oh it gives them a re-roll yeah but regardless you can still it still helps you with all this casting yeah yeah because summoning is still kind of hard right yeah for sure um because a lot of people say summoning lists are really hard to play for that reason because it's hard to cast summoning yeah but if i'm getting but if you're getting all these re-rolls you should be casting summoning stuff yeah it's nothing so and the other nice thing too is it's all round bases so all these demons i can now you run malefic demonology in 40k and yeah and same thing like i'm gonna have nurgle stuff that you can that we can both run we can be sharing chaos stuff man like yeah demons is a is an awesome army in that you can use it for both both systems yeah, yeah for sure um anything else you want to talk about I think that's it, man. I think we'll be having, well, well my hobby progress, as before I said, was all Skaven. So we're going to have a lot to talk about next yeah. time. Who knows? Maybe we can even get an AOS Hopefully. game in. I got to go back to Battle Windsor. Report next time yeah. we do Beyond the Rim. I got to go back to Windsor and get some shit. So I don't know how much hobby progress I'll have completed. But. Slacker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're also starting up, uh, we're going to be having like a little gaming group that we're getting together. Stuff yeah. that's not. GW um, games. I might play a little bit of Silver Tower here and there, stuff like that. But a lot of Zombicide, Edge of the Empire campaigns, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we have a lot to talk about on Beyond the Rim. Yeah, it's hopefully doesn't to become be. our main topic. <laughs> good day to be a gamer. Yeah, exactly, man. Cool. Well, uh, I'm Jason, and I'm Ian, and you've listened to the wrong side of the maelstrom. 